Hello, hello, my name is Caleb Walgren. Welcome to episode 113 of Brody Sports Talk. We are here doing what I call simply the best. Uh, we are at the final 10 of the Brody 100. I am joined by my friend and colleague, Derek Resnick. Derek, tell everyone something. I cannot believe today has finally happened. We are going to count down 10 through 1 of the Brody 100. I, this makes me so happy, and I cannot wait to see what you say about some of these players. If you need to pause the episode, go listen to the final countdown and come back, because that's really the mood that I'm in as we're doing this, where I'm like, it's the final countdown. <laughs> and I know that I don't, I don't do nearly the justice of that that it deserves. But in general, this really is the final countdown, as we are finally here at the top 10. And we didn't want to stall it out for you guys. We went ahead. We're giving you all of the top 10 in one slightly bigger episode than we've been doing. And uh, I'm not going to hold back anymore. So Brody number 10. Brody number 10. Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. And what's there to say about Mr. 17? He led the Bills to their first division title in I don't know how long because, you know, Patriots. And they were in the AFC Championship. They were in the Final Four. Definitely had MVP-type numbers because he had 37 touchdowns and only 10 interceptions as far as passing. But Josh Allen doesn't only pass the ball. He also had 420 yards with his legs and eight touchdowns that way. What can I say? He's not necessarily like Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson, where you're like, oh, when he takes off, he's elusive. But it's also a, when he takes off, he might run someone over, or somehow he tends to jump over people occasionally. And you're like, uh, dude, you're 6'5". What are you doing? <laughs> but he keeps doing it and doing it well. And I'm excited to see him circling the wagons in Buffalo for quite some time. And, uh, I'm not, I don't know that I'm Bill's Mafia excited. I'm not going to start like busting people through tables or anything like that. But uh, Derek, where, where is your level of excitement for uh, young Mr. Josh Allen? It is through the roof. So I know Josh listens to our podcast as most of the NFL players um, do. So this is my apology, Joshua, Mr. Allen, whatever, whatever however you like to be uh, called. I apologize. I did not know you were going to be this good. I thought you were going to be a middling uh, quarterback who's good enough. Um, just another Buffalo quarterback who was going to get get uh, the players excited, was going to do your quarterback thing, but I did not know you were going to be this good this soon. I apologize for underestimating you. That being said, go Josh, go. Um, Bill's Mafia has a dude. Um, he fits perfectly in that offense. He fits perfectly in that city um, because it's just far enough away, but still in New York for New Yorkers to be excited without being 
a Giants or a Jets fan. So, man, I, I'm excited to see what he does over the next few years because that arm is special. Um, now that I have uh, fanned myself uh, due to the vapors that I uh, received because of Josh Allen, I'm going to introduce the only Packer that Caleb doesn't get to introduce on the Brody 100. Brody number nine. And that's Devontae Adams. He's kind of a good receiver. Uh, I, I think maybe he's got a better quarterback. Um, I don't know. That being said, 1374 in yards, an all-pro, a pro bowl, um, a couple of touchdowns. Oh, let's just call him 18. Um, the dude uh, jumped up into the Madden 99 uh, last year because of his play. Um, he is, uh, for me, you know, on the, on the list, he's number nine. In my list, he's number seven, the seventh best player in the league. Um, and with some other players that could be retiring soon that we'll see later in this, um, in this top 10, um, he could definitely be a top five player, um, within maybe on, on the Brody 2021 or 2022 Brody 100. Um, so Caleb, I leave the floor to you to talk about the Packer. So. When I read his stat line, it drives me a little bit crazy because, like you said, 18 touchdowns is huge. Um, 115 catches for 1374 yards and 18 touchdowns. Oh, and by the way, he missed two games. <laughs> you got to have that included in there because not only did he lead the league in touchdowns, but he missed two games. These 18 touchdowns are the most touchdowns we've seen in a season since Randy Moss had his electric campaign with the Patriots where he put up 23 back in 2007. As far as single season receiving, it is tied for third as far as how many touchdowns he had in a season. And the other two that had 18 had 16 game seasons. Um, I think that if you give Devontae and uh, his partner in crime, A-Rod, a full 17-game season this year, you could see that be in jeopardy, especially because the Packers didn't do what everyone keeps telling them to do, and that is get better receivers on the other side of the football. Uh, you know, Devin Funches upped it out last year, but I don't think he's going to take a huge target load from Devontae. And I think the thing that is special about Devontae Adams and getting him on this list is his route running. I've heard people say that his route running and his feet might be the best of any NFL wide receiver for a long time. When you're basically being known as a true student of the game and that's how you're being effective and that's how you're getting things done, it makes me have a little bit more respect for you. And I know he's a Packer, but I don't like he is of the receivers that are near the top of this list. He's one of the more understated ones. Uh, Devontae Adams is not someone who uh, does front flips into the end zone or, you know, has these wildly elaborate touchdown celebrations. Devontae Adams, if you know his name, it's because he's good. <laughs> and that's really the way that you should know him. It's really 
exciting to see what will happen. Because, I mean, is 2020 the ceiling for him? I don't know. But I don't necessarily see corners finding a, a different way to slow him down anytime soon. Brody number eight. Let's go ahead and go to another pass catcher on our list. Uh, but we're going with someone that is definitely a bigger target. <laughs> he is the number one tight end in the league. And he is yet again, a another younger brother that is uh, better than his big brother on the list. That is Travis Kelsey. Uh, his brother, Jason Kelsey was quite a ways back for the Eagles and he plays center. Uh, Travis Kelsey though, while he is entering, I mean, he's going to be what? 32 during the season this year. He, he's been outstanding and definitely the best tight end that Kansas city has had since a fellow named Tony Gonzalez. And I don't think that you can ever say that you forgot, uh, the hall of famer that you had before. But uh, Travis Kelsey is, if there was a dude I could like hang out with for a day and just be like, oh my goodness, what on earth is happening? I think Travis Kelsey definitely fits that perspective. Uh, you know, I, I love the attitude. I love the swag that he brings. Uh, you know, even when it was, I know this is a dated reference now, but you know, at the Pro Bowl a few years ago where he kind of was like doing the, I'm dripping some salt on you guys. Uh, that was totally the gif of the moment and he doesn't care. Like he just wants to play ball and play hard and have fun. And pretty much since 2015, when he locked in that position with the chiefs, he's pretty much had almost a thousand yards every year. And he had the most touchdowns in a year this for him this past year when he had 11. Uh, Derek, I know that, you probably are a huge Travis Kelsey fan. What do you think of him being here at number eight on the list? Yeah, Travis Kelsey is an amazing football player. Um, and, I, and I use those words a lot for a lot of our, our top 40 or top 50 players. Um, I really do mean that Travis Kelsey is a great football player. He does what he has to do to win a possession, win a, a drive, win a game. And um, I'm not sure who is the better player when it comes to um, the, the passer or the, the catcher of the said football. I think that Travis Kelsey makes his quarterback, um, whoever that guy's name is, um, better. I think that uh, I love the tight end position, and I love how they can be that safety blanket, uh, that safety valve for when certain cheetahs, uh, and not people who are cheating, but certain fast wide receivers are running down the field and everyone's covering uh, Tyree Kill. Travis Kelsey's just there. Oh, I'll catch this ball. First down, let's go. It's just um, he does what um, he has to do to, to win a game and cannot uh, – I can't put into words what he means to a team. And, I mean, you bring, bring up uh, Tony Gonzalez. I think the, the eras are a little bit different. Uh, Kelsey's a little bit more of a, of a pass catcher. 
um, known as, you know, that receiver type. And Tony Gonzalez did a lot uh, on the team period for both Atlanta and Kansas City. But uh, I think Travis Kelsey um, is – he's going to the Hall of Fame. I think that he's he's going to be in there. And, um, you know, I, I can't think of a better guy to, to – uh, be a be a tight end to, to be an ambassador ambassador for the tight end position. Hey, uh, Caleb, do you do you smell that? I think someone's cooking. Oh, it has to be number seven on our list. Brody number seven. The chef uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, if Seattle would just let Russell cook, um, they're going to win a lot of games. Uh, that being said, Russell Wilson. Uh, number three, quarterback. Uh, last year, he had 40 touchdowns, um, you know, 13 interceptions. What comes with that, 47 sacks last year. Um, they need some offensive help in Seattle. Um, that comes, you know, that conversation comes in a few weeks when we talk about the preseason stuff. Uh, but Russell Wilson is an amazing player and amazing value where they got him at in the third round. No one expected him to be this good. Um, and, I mean, even the, the Seahawks didn't think he was going to be this good uh, because they signed, signed Matt Flynn um, the same year that he got drafted and uh, wasted a bunch of money on Matt Flynn. I wish that I was Matt Flynn most days um, because he jumped around to a couple of different teams, got paid some money, um, Matt Flynn and Chase Daniels have got to be best friends. Just, I make too much money for what I'm doing on the clipboard. And I know our, our listeners are going to come at me on Twitter at Brody Talk uh, and tell me that the backup quarterback does a lot. But we're not talking about backup quarterbacks. We're talking about Russell Wilson, the starting quarterback for the Seahawks. Um, has a Super Bowl ring already. Should have a second um, if certain people don't go, get blown off their spots. Um, for me, it was a worse offensive play, uh, receiver play, than it was a better defensive play. That's my own personal opinion. Receivers should go to their spot. That was years ago, and I'll never get over it. Uh, so that being said, Russell Wilson, great quarterback, great leader, and he does all of this, all of these stats under – extreme duress and no longer has a legion of boom and he still looks amazing and makes a play so caleb please tell me to shut up and uh tell me what you think about russell wilson uh before i i jump into russell wilson i want to go ahead and uh insert a seanism here yeah so he says had a mediocre stretch to close out the season, and it remains to be seen how influential he can be when his line is inconsistent. I think he means because his line is inconsistent. I'm giving him some benefit there. Uh, when on point, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. No one player carries his team quite like Russ. Um, I, I don't necessarily disagree. Uh, Seattle has had offensive line issues, and I don't know if I realized it until now, but Russell Wilson has not missed a start in his NFL career. He has started all 16 games for nine straight years, currently with 144 consecutive starts, 
and why he deserves to be here, uh, nothing short of that record, 98 and 45. He has been dynamic ever since he got to the league. You know, early in his career, was he carried a little bit by the defense? Absolutely. We all know how good the Legion of Boom was. But who's been doing the carrying now? 150% Russell Wilson. Uh, I mean, he's the reigning Walter Payton Man of the Year award winner. So, you know, he's doing great things on and off of the field. So I have a ton of respect for the guy. I really hope that, you know, he is the only reason that I want Seattle to ever do well. I do not like the Seahawks, (laughs) but I got a lot of respect for Russ before he ever got drafted there when he was at Wisconsin being a big 10 rival and just seeing kind of the poise that he had even, you know, poise coming over as a transfer from NC state. And it seemed like he just kind of ran the locker room and he's been good. I mean, he's basically been good for all of the 2010s and now he's going into the, you know, the twenties. And I I'm curious of your thoughts on this, and this might be a slight tangent here, Derek, but uh, Russell Wilson we know he does not have an MVP at this point. I don't know that he had a clear defining season that he should have won. Uh, arguably his best year was 2019 with 31 touchdowns and five picks, but that was uh, Lamar Jackson's fantastic phenomenal year. Do you, do you think Russell Wilson's career is kind of going to be felt like Drew Brees where you have a Super Bowl win Everyone really likes you as a dude, but, you know, maybe you don't ever get to officially be considered an MVP. Yeah, I I think that that's a very apt comparison. Um, I think what's going to happen is we're all going to look back at Russell Wilson's career when it's over many, many, many moons from now and be like, wow, he was actually better than we expected or, or, or we remember. He did this, and, and his stats don't always show um, the things that he's that he's doing. How I mean, if, if they would put a, a Fitbit on him and see how many steps he takes um, on a on a football field, um, running from sideline to sideline, trying to find an open receiver, um, because DK Metcalf is cap is already covered by three different players, three different defenders. Um, they're going to go back and look at okay, well. He played through this season, through this season, and who were the MVPs? And they, they go down the list, and like, was he better than this person? Well, that year, no. This year, no. And they're all, you're going to look back, he's going to be this great top 10 of all time quarterback and probably will not win an MVP. I think his best MVP winning years are behind him. But I think that he is going to put up spectacular numbers and I would not be surprised if in the next two years that we see another Seahawks run deep into the playoffs and maybe even a, a fluke Super Bowl to get him that second one. Um, because the Seahawks have a tendency to flip a, uh, a roster and, you know, find a way to do it. So I think that we're all going to look back and, and, and think about Russell Wilson fondly but I don't think he's ever going to win a, an MVP. Well, let's go ahead and stay in the division and switch positions and go to Brody number. 
Six. Uh, the wide receiver that was not traded for a first-round pick because Bill <laughs> O'Brien is an awful GM, and that would be none other than DeAndre Hopkins here at Brody number six on the list. What is there to say about Nuke Hopkins? That guy is incredible. You know, in his young career, he has already surpassed 10,000 receiving yards. He has 60 touchdowns. Definitely had the highlight play of the year this past year when we saw the Hale Murray. And it wasn't that, like, no offense, Kyler Murray, it wasn't that your pass was all that great. You know, we mm-hmm. see a lot of passes in the NFL. It was DeAndre Hopkins excelling at the catch. You know, he made so many quarterbacks look good in Houston before Deshaun Watson, who we're not going to talk about for much longer, uh, you know, came onto the scene. And I think he's going to make Kyler Murray look good as well. He did this past season. He's going to continue to do that. And even if he, if it's not Kyler, he'll continue to make anyone look good. I mean, I feel like he made Matt Schaub look like a good quarterback for a little bit of his career. So definitely nothing to slouch at as DeAndre Hopkins is a fantastic wide receiver. And I'm really kind of intrigued by what numbers he is going to put up. You know, how much are they going to spread the ball around? Could Kyler Murray force feed DeAndre Hopkins in a way that Josh Allen did to Stefan Diggs this past year? You know, what, what is Cliff really trying to do with that offense? Or are we going to have Cliff much longer? I don't know. So one thing's for sure, DeAndre Hopkins is, is not going anywhere. And if they ever were going to trade him, they would get a first-round pick. Bill O'Brien, you're horrible. <laughs> um, sorry, that might have come off a little harsh. Um, Derek, where, where are you at as far as Nuke is concerned? Yeah, so there are wide receivers that are in our, our top uh, Brody 100 here who uh, they pick up a paycheck. They go in, they clock in, they go do their job, and they go home. Uh, they are great route runners. They run out there, hey, I'm open. They catch a ball. They get tackled. Oh, look, I, I made this many yards. There's, a, there's plenty of guys on here who will make millions of dollars doing that. DeAndre Hopkins is the guy who works overtime um, was probably best friend with the CEO and, um, you know, buys pizza every Friday. He is a guy that you want on your team, um, the best receiver that you could have um, to teach. Uh, well, I say the best receiver to be to, to teach younger receivers, but they have another one in Larry Fitzgerald on that, on that team. Um, he's a guy who you can throw in coverage. And he's going to catch the ball. I mean, yes, we have the Hale Murray um, as the example of that. But he can you can throw it into a tight window, and he's going to make that catch. And you don't have to worry about it. You throw it in that general direction, he's going to catch it. Um, he was wasted on the Texans for far too many years. And I hope that um, Cliff Kingsbury, you know, if he's the – the coach much longer. You know, I like Cliff. I thought he was good at, at, at tech. I mean, I was excited to see him at tech and I enjoyed watching his college career when he was playing at tech. 
but um, you know, if he if he has that offense going and Hopkins is is that that piece that he needs, um, Murray can can sling the ball, Hopkins can catch the ball. If they want to do the Stefan Diggs thing, where they're force feeding, that might work. Um, you know, in that NFC West, it might not work because there are certain other players that we've talked about um, in other podcasts that uh, are on the Rams that uh, you might, might not allow that. But um, I, I'm so glad that DeAndre is on a different team than he was and having a higher ceiling than he's ever had in the past. Um, so once again, I know that all the NFL players, or most of them at least, are, uh, are do, do listen to our podcast because we are a five-star podcast. Um, Mr. Hopkins, sir, um, we appreciate you, and we are happy to see you in, in Arizona. Brody number five. Speaking of people who used to be in one place, but now are in another and doing good while also wearing red, the Michigan man... Thomas Brady comes in at number five on our list. Um, I don't I think I've heard of this guy before. He he came out of nowhere. Um, I think he's I think he's relatively new in the league. Uh, only been around for like twenty one years. Um, Super Bowl winning quarterback. He stepped in to Tampa Bay and took over. Um, everyone that comes out of that. Locker room says when Tom Brady went in, the culture changed. Um, what you did on a, your, your schedule changed. He is a force of nature when it comes to playing quarterback in this league, even with with some diminished physical gifts that he used to have. Got a little less zip on the ball, um, not that much. I mean, he's uh, still got pretty good touch, but. Um, <sighs> So for the longest time, being a Peyton Manning fan, uh, it was always who was going to be number one at the end of their careers. Was it going to be Manning? Was it going to be Brady? And there was always that, that you know, even a little bit of Breeze in there. I thought that Breeze was going to be uh, because of, of the yards that he puts up. Tom Brady has, has far and away run away with that, that race because he's got a few more years in the league after Manning retired. And now he's got enough Super Bowl rings to put up a, to, to have a whole jewelry store. Um, he is a really good quarterback. So now that I've gushed all over the former Michigan Wolverine, uh, Caleb, what do you have to say about Tom Brady? You know, I've never been the biggest Tom Brady fan. I don't like being a bandwagoner. I don't like being someone who cheers for the team that is winning. I, I tend to be, you know, jump on the underdog and cheer for them. And when he came out and, you know, won the Super Bowl in 01, 03, and 04, it really felt like, okay, so that was really good, but how long is this going to happen? And uh, it just kept happening. Like, Tom Brady is absolutely ridiculous. For the length of time that he's been in the in the NFL, he had, like, 
his regular season record is 230 to 69. Like <laughs> nice. That it's it's just completely absurd. Like, even if you go and look at the playoffs, he has over ten thousand passing yards in his career in the playoffs. In playoffs. Um there's a reason why he's considered the GOAT, and he's definitely earned it, not just because of the seven rings. It's the mindset, it's the mentality, it's how he continues to bring himself back time after time. I mean, the fact that, you know, with the 07 team, he won AP Offensive Player of the Year. He went down the following year with injury, won Comeback Player of the Year the following year after that. Like, he really doesn't take a rest. And, I mean, let's face it. This guy has rings that are older than some of his teammates. He's got <laughs> like, let's. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Like, he just is a ridiculous man when you try to look at stats to quantify him. I know that uh, I want to include Sean's thoughts here. He said that Tom turned around a team that was middling at best and showcased why he's the greatest of all time. The end of season and playoff run was vintage Tom Brady. He might have some off games due to age, but you cannot replicate his experience, his tenacity, and his winning ways. And I really think that that fairly much sums it up. I don't know if we're really going to see another Tom Brady for a while. I mean, in general, just being with the Patriots from the year 2000 to 2019. You know, our quarterback's going to try to move around more. It sure felt like they're trying to this offseason. You know, they're trying to be able to get their locations kind of like, you know, NBA stars are able to. I somewhat hope that doesn't happen, just as a side note. But Tom Brady, you know, Disliking him, disliking the Patriots. It's been something I've done for a long time, and now I get to dislike the Buccaneers. And it's not that I don't respect the guy. It's that I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon and be like, hey, you know what? Let's get a half Patriots, half Buccaneers, Tom Brady jersey, because one, that's gross. And you don't get half jerseys. Um, But there's a reason. You know, he's going to be, what, 44 this coming season? Yeah, he'll be 44 before the season starts, and we still think that he is legitimately a threat for top five because he's always been a threat for top five. Kind of like Tim Duncan, you just kind of keep putting him there and saying, especially with Breeze out of the division, the Bucks are going to win the division, the Bucks are going to be a Super Bowl threat until Tom Brady retires in 2030. And so <laughs> I'm just going to keep waiting and not doubting him because I've tried to do that before, thinking that Father Tom was going to catch up with Tom. But Tom is currently winning the battle versus time, and he's one of the first quarterbacks ever to really do it. Brody number four. Let's go ahead and switch sides of the ball, switch positions to a position we haven't had yet on this Brody, well, top ten. We've had it on the Brody 100 for sure because we've had all the positions. And 
I do want to go ahead. I'm going to go back to Sean's notes here. I want to make sure we get all of his thoughts on the top five in. And he said, I don't even know if I said the player. We're going with T- no. Brody number four is TJ Watt, the outside linebacker of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm so excited about him that I can't just wait to get to more information. So TJ led the NFL in sacks last year and is one of the best run stoppers in the league. Sean also says that he will likely end up the best of the Watt brothers when careers are over and compared. Um, I definitely think that he's the best Watt brother right now. Granted, he is younger. And uh, my apologies to your namesake, Derek Watt. Derek Watt is the best Watt brother. All right, I can let you have your chance to try to say that. Um, you know, when I look and I go 13 sacks in 2018, 14 and a half in 2019, 15 in 2020. So we're like, what, 18, 17? Like, wh- how many sacks are you going to get this year, TJ? Like, are you going to keep getting it? And I know I like to talk about quarterback hits as well. He had 41 of those. So. He's setting himself up and currently trying to set himself up on a pace to be a Hall of Famer. I hope that he can continue this at the rate he is. And I think what I find interesting is he has more sacks than his draft mate, Miles Garrett. You know, everyone wants to ooh and ah about Miles Garrett, but TJ Watt has been the more productive player in the more productive system. Now, you could argue Miles Garrett was drafted by the Browns, and that was automatically a handicap. And I can't necessarily fault you there. But, you know, T.J. Watt could have been drafted by anyone. <laughs> and he's a stealer. And he's been a fantastic stealer. I feel like he has been the epitome of what Steelers defense has meant for probably all 30-something years that I've been watching football. And I can't really say enough good things about the dude. Yeah, so I will say some more wonderful things about T.J. Watt. Um, He is going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, I think he is going to go in the same year as his brother because his brother never seems to want to give give it up either. So, you know, maybe we'll have a, a Watt brother Hall of Fame ceremony where all three of them are up there. Uh, go Derek. I, you spell your name the same way, um, and I believe in you. Uh, special teamer of the year uh, for for Derek, but uh, for TJ, TJ, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that he had defense defensive player of the year stolen from him last year. Um, you know, much like we were talking about Russell Wilson a few picks back, where. He will not have the resume, but you'll look back and like, oh, this guy was really good. Um, TJ Watt is probably going to be in the same boat, but on the defensive side, he's probably not going to have uh, a lot on his quote unquote resume. You know, defensive players a year, you know, probably will never win the MVP because that's a quarterback award. Um, you know, because there are other players out there that are better defensively than than tj watt by like milliseconds of uh just just the, the slightest amount um but i still think that that tj watt is going to be a hall of famer 
And I think he is a disruptive force and the perfect guy to be on the Steelers. Uh, I think he was a steal on the draft. So speaking of defensive players. Brody number three. We now come up to number three on the Brody 100. And this guy right here is my number one. I think he's the best player in the NFL, and I don't think it's close. Number three is Aaron Donald for the Los Angeles Rams. Um, he did win the Defensive Player of the Year last year and stole it from T.J. Watts. I'm okay with it. Like, I feel sorry for T.J. and all that. Um, Aaron Donald is such a massive beast. Uh, you know, I, I have said, oh, well, we, he's on the field. You have to watch out for him um, every single down. And I've said that for, for a bunch of other defensive players. It does not matter where Aaron Donald is on the field. If he's in the same zip code as you, he's going to tackle your quarterback. He's going to disrupt the timing. He's going to, to stop everything in the backfield. Um, he has a lease to every backfield in the division in the NFL and probably in North America. Um, he lives back there. He will, he will rent it out to other, other players at times, but he lives there. He works there and he's the best defensive player clearly in the Brody 100. And to me, the number one player in the NFL, um, I cannot say enough good things about Aaron Donald um, 13 and a half sacks last year, four forced fumbles, of course, an all pro and a pro bowl to go along with it. Um, he is a force of nature and the, you cannot stop him. You can only slow him down as the old adage goes. So now that I'm out of breath and, uh, in awe of this beast of a man, Caleb, what do you think of Aaron Donald? I think Aaron Donald is uh, the only bad thing I can say is he's the second best Aaron on the list. Uh, but Aaron Donald has been a fantastic player and continues to be a fantastic player. Uh, he is someone where when I look at his stats year over year, I go, wait, when was his down here? And uh, the answer is he doesn't have one. Uh he came in and won Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2014, which is very hard to do as a defensive tackle. And anytime you win that, you do end up getting on people's radar. But then he's won six first-team All-Pros since then. He has won three Defensive Player of the Years. He was, you know, when the NFL did their top 100, you know, not quite the Brody 100, but another top 100 list. They had him as their number one back in 2019. It's tough to argue against the guy, um, especially that time. That was after his 20 and a half sack season. And I mean, if there's anyone who you think, you know, you're putting it on the top of the list of, hey, can this guy break the single season sack record with an extra game? Aaron Donald is definitely in that discussion. Uh, he hasn't slowed down, and, you know, I think it's ridiculous. I There's a spot whenever I look up players on Pro Football Reference that talks about their Hall of Fame monitor, like how likely someone would be to be in the Hall of Fame. And right now, they have Aaron Donald as the seventh best defensive tackle of all time, 
and that's only because he's played for seven years. <laughs> Aaron Donald very well could become the best defensive tackle that anyone has ever known. He's quickly approaching the defensive tackles that I knew and grew up with, like Warren Sapp and John Randall from the 90s and early 2000s. And I think he's better. It's... Uh, you know, not necessarily that I'm trying to slight them. It's just Aaron Donald is better. Uh, I hope that he stays healthy. I want to make sure that we continue to see his greatness. And, I mean, he's primarily who you watch when you're watching the Rams defense. You want to see if he's getting that pressure up the middle, which he does. And you want to see if he gets to the quarterback, which he does. And so definitely... I can't say enough positive things about him. I think he probably will, like I said, become the best NFL defensive tackle I've ever known. Uh, let's switch it up. Let's switch it up. Uh, go to some quarterbacks here to close off the list. And Brody number two. To, to keep... A little bit of suspense. We do have a former MVP at number two. Uh, we have a former Super Bowl champion. Uh, we have someone who's uh, you know, a fantastic player. We're not putting Patrick Mahomes at number two. He will be number one. We have Aaron Rodgers here at number two. Uh, the Green Bay Packer, current reigning MVP. And what is there to say about Aaron Rodgers? I think my favorite things about Aaron Rodgers are the touchdown-to-interception ratio. Last year, he had 48 touchdowns and five interceptions. In his career, he has 412 touchdowns and 89 interceptions. And in a game that completely seems to be revolutionized time and time again, Aaron Rodgers is the player who is just absolutely filthy at that. Currently, and depending on when he gets there, he would be surpassed by uh, the player who we have at number one if he can keep up the pace. But, like, for example, Aaron Rodgers has 89 interceptions. Tom Brady had 191 interceptions. <laughs> Drew Brees had 243 interceptions. Like, it's not even necessarily a, a contest. Um you know, all of these players just turn the ball over a lot more than Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't shy away from the deep ball, but he also knows when to take his shots, uh, preferably when he's drawing you offside. Uh, but he also knows that he can take his chances every now and then. Uh, it's been great to kind of see this career renaissance for him under Matt LaFleur because uh, we all knew that the three-wide system Mike McCarthy was running was uh, not, not as great as it once was uh, during the end of his tenure with the Packers. 
And seeing him run this Shanahan style of offense, I mean, heck, he went up 22 touchdowns from 2019 to 2020. Uh, now it's going to be his third year in the offense. I don't think he's going to throw 70 touchdowns, but I sure wouldn't mind it as a Packers fan. Uh, Derek, what do you want to add about Aaron Rodgers here on this list? So Aaron Rodgers is an amazing person, amazing quarterback, and he is the epitome. Um, if you're wanting an example of the answer to how hard is it to win a Super Bowl in the NFL. So if you've listened to the last few episodes of Rudy 100, which I know everyone has, you will notice that there are several Packers within the top 20. You know, we've had a defensive player. We've had an offensive wide receiver. We've had an offensive lineman. And now we're at the quarterback. So what, four players in the top 20? And yet Aaron Rodgers doesn't go to the Super Bowl every year. But much, literally the words out of, out of this man's mouth are most, uh, so my down years are other people's best years. We take advantage of Aaron Rodgers and how good he is at, for how long he's been good. Like, it's just another, oh, yeah, 48 and 5, oh, yawn, because he makes it look easy. He really does. And so I wish I knew what it took to get the Packers over the hump. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's defense or what it is. But I think Aaron Rodgers should be close to Tom Brady when it comes to ranks. Um, he's that good. He is a leader on the field. And much like what Caleb said a moment ago, he's going to draw you off sides. He has cadence. He has control. Um, he, when he steps on the field, he is the leader. Um, and when he steps on the field, except for maybe one game a year, he's the best player on the field at any position. And that, uh, of course, him being the number two, you know, mathematically that probably works out in, in most of those favors. But even with how long he's been in the league, he's still the second best player on the Brody 100 for a reason. He makes it look easy and... Um, I think he's going to make it look easy for the next few years. And I hope of those years, they are able to put it together and win a Super Bowl for at least Aaron, at least getting two for, for Aaron. Brody number one. So we spoiled it a moment ago when we said who number one is. Everyone knows it. Everyone knew going into the Brody 100 that it was going to be one of those two guys that we've talked about. So Patrick Mahomes is our number one player in the NFL for the Brody 100. Um, based upon the opinions of some very high-minded individuals, uh, the three of us, me, Caleb, and Sean. Um, for me, Patrick Mahomes is a new version of what we've seen in the past. His arm angles to make throws is amazing how he does stuff. Um, you know, the shovel pass, the 
um, the scramblings that he does, finding the best receiver to go to. I mean, yeah, he's in a great offense, and he's very lucky on, on that regard, but he uses it to the best of his advantage. Throwing left-handed, he's making throws that other players cannot. And when you, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Broncos fan, so I have to see him twice a year, and I'm not a fan of that because um, he usually beats the Broncos. Um, but watching him in a game is special. Every snap of the ball that he takes is something that you, you just stop. You just stop. You watch. It, there, there is the NFL red zone for when teams get into the 20-yard line. There should be a Patrick Mahomes channel. Every snap, you, you watch him because they could do something really fun. So for me, I had him at the number three player, but all the last three players that we talked about, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Donald, um, I'm going to give uh, Mahomes an honorary Aaron just so we can have a, a three for three. Aaron Mahomes, uh, none of these players are. Um, they, 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 any given week, they could be the number one player. And for me, I agree. Number one, he's he's the, the guy that you want to watch, and he's the guy who I think he's going to win four or five more Super Bowls by the time he's done. So uh, let me go ahead and add Sean's notes in here. I know that we've been somewhat intermittent with them. Sorry, Sean, when you're listening back to this. Uh, but Sean said, the best player in the league by leaps and bounds, the most impactful and influential player in the NFL at that position that has the highest skill ceiling. Rarity to be the identifiable best player at such a young age. That's so true. Um will continue to electrify Kansas City for years to come. I think that this is the thing that uh, probably scares Derek. And uh, so if Patrick Mahomes, you know, my homie here, if he ended up having a career as long as Tom Brady, we would end up... So we have Tom Brady at number five. Just doing some quick math here. We would have like Patrick Mahomes in the top five of the Brody 100 in 2038. And that is a long time to think that you're going to see your team suffer. Because Patrick Mahomes is, I mean, Brady did it to the rest of the AFC East for years. You know, sometimes it's really a a true question. Are the New York Jets that inept or is are they just running up against a a wall in the New England Patriots? Because Belichick and Brady were an unbeatable combo. And uh, so far, Bruce Arians and uh, Tom Brady are also an unbeatable combo. Patrick Mahomes is basically, I mean, there's a reason why they put the two of them on the cover mat. Brady's the goat, and right now Patrick Mahomes is the baby goat. He's definitely the best young player in the league. I don't think anyone has any qualms about that statement at all. And more power to him. Uh, the only thing Patrick Mahomes does that I, I think he should stop doing is putting ketchup on his steak. 
<laughs> I've seen it on commercials. I've seen it. Like he said that that's really who he is. It's it's disgusting. Um, but other than that, I, I don't think that there's many things that Patrick Mahomes on the field does that I don't like. And I know he's working in the community as well. So I would don't want to necessarily say that he's poor off the field. No, he's great off the field too. Um, he's one of the players that I know my son has started to look up to in the league. Uh, he said that he wants his hair to look like Patrick Mahomes, which uh, sometimes he's just got to figure out that that's just not very likely. Uh, especially if you've seen my hair, it's just not going to happen. But I mean, I to say that you are running out of things to say, but still could talk for hours. I mean, that's that's who Patrick Mahomes is. That's where we're at on the list. You know, when you get to number one, you're at the best of the best, and it really fits. Uh, I feel like we could do this list for several years, and Patrick Mahomes may end up still coming in at number one. Not to be a you know future spoiler, but we can at least potentially insert this audio clip from 2021. So I don't have to say the same thing every year. So I, I found out why you and Sean have him so high on the Brody 100. He's a girl dad. And with you two being girl dads, that's why you care about him so much. That's why you're so high on Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's not the only reason, uh, but if I can say that Patrick Mahomes and I have something in common, I'm not going to to put him down because of that. I mean, I'm definitely going to take full advantage of that. <laughs> you and Patrick Mahomes are just alike. Practically twins. Practically twins. <laughs> well, friends, Brodies, I do want to thank you for listening through the Brody 100 with us. I know that it has been exciting to put together. I hope you have had an exciting time listening to it. Please feel free to give your feedback. We love feedback, uh, positive, negative, anything. Leave it to us on Twitter at Brody Talk. And if you feel really, really good about it, go ahead and leave us a five-star review on you know Apple Podcasts, Podchaser. Uh, that's what Derek Dog listens to. So you know anywhere that you find your preferred podcast of choice, Subscribe. If you can give a rating, give us a five-star rating because we're fun. And uh, I know that we are releasing this episode. It's coming out right on Saturday of the holiday weekend. So I hope that all of you, if you are listening to this on while it's hot off the press, you have a fantastic Independence Day. And my name is Caleb, behalf of Derek and... Absent Sean, we are signing out. Bye, guys.